Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. up everybody welcome into the college chaos podcast i'm garrett ross alongside my man jack mckenzie and you and we hope you enjoyed another glorious weekend of college football we had a lot of great games going on not only in the big 12 but across the nation as well i think when you look at this slate we we saw a lot of ranked matchups a lot of a few games that even could possibly have future college playoff implications that unfolded over the weekend Jack, how are we feeling, my man? How you doing? Uh, very tired. Very tired. That's we're, four, we're four weeks in. It's been about a month of no days off. But <laughs> Bro, I was literally, I was driving in this morning, and you are like a seven-day grinder. Me, I'm about a six. And I was like, you know yeah, what? only a six. I'm wow. only a six. Wow. But I was like, dog, I could definitely use an extra nap, <laughs> especially yeah. the late Friday nights with high school football and whatnot. But regardless, it is the season. We love to do it. It's the grind. And, man. It's a lot of fun, but dude, overall, I think we got to start with the Big 12 in this one. Um, another week where I still don't really know what to make of the conference. Uh, I, I think you finally have justification if you needed it at all. Texas is the best team in the league. I think they're it's theirs right now to take. Um, I think if you would have, I think we discussed this last week and. I think Oklahoma was probably right behind them, and you were kind of looking at Kansas State, given if Will Howard could stay healthy. We knew what the Wildcats could do. But, man, I think Kansas I think Kansas might be the second-best team overall right now behind Texas, and it sets up perfectly for them to be ranked heading into this week with we know heading things, into Austin. things get weird with those two meet. Yeah, it's um... – I think it's the matchup of the week in the Big 12 oh, yeah. this week. And I think it's a great week for Kansas to be going in there. Um, not because Texas looks especially vulnerable or anything, or like there's some there's some big game to worry about on the horizon for them. I know that um, the, the Red River shootout's going to be the next right. one, but like I don't think this Texas team is overlooking Kansas. Kansas is not that that like terrible team no. they're well coached they've got a great offense that game will probably be a shootout like i think it's going to be a great time and it's really a matter of can kansas's scheme outscore texas's talent not that texas doesn't have great scheme on offense mm-hmm. and not that texas's defense is not a clear advantage in this matchup because kansas's defense is clearly their weak link yeah. but jalen daniels is probably the conference player of the year He's also Still in my mind. So he's also going to be the best quarterback that Texas has faced all year, all year. And that's considering going into Bama. We all know that situation there. You can take that with a grain of salt. That's a hot mess. Exactly. That's so, a hot damn mess. So, so take that whole state. Yeah. They haven't <laughs> but, exactly played like a great quarterback. No. Yet. Like Wyoming's the best one they've played. And that was their backup or JT Daniels. 
It, you know what? I think it would might have been JT Daniels, honestly, because when so, they faced Wyoming, they've got the backup quarterback. They didn't receive the guy that cooked tech. They didn't get him. Yeah. So like they've really played a lot of bad quarterbacks. They're still completely a playoff contender and most likely deserving of that number three spot. They're sitting at still. Yeah. So do not take that statement the wrong way. Horns fans. It's just, it'll be interesting to see them go against a top level QB. I'm excited for it, dude. Like, I, I think coming out at – so let's start with the Kansas-BYU game. This is one that when we did our picks last week, I went with BYU. You took Rock Chalk. Great pick. Great pick. Um, I went back and watched that game this morning, and looking at it, I think from a BYU perspective, um, Keaton Slovis is still coming into his own. I know he had that one costly interception at the end that Kobe Bryant picked off and took to the house. And that really kind of sealed the victory for Kansas. But overall, I thought watching his watching a lot of the the reads he made, the the throws he made, especially down the field, you could see Keaton Slovis starting to come into his own at BYU. I think they're going to be really good. Um, and honestly, man, this is a game where Kansas offense didn't necessarily win the game for them. It was the twenty one points that they were able to generate off of turnovers. You go back, I mean Kobe Bryant balled out for them on defense. Yep. He had the big hit that caused the fumble. He returned it for the touchdown. And that just kind of set the tone, man. But shots off uh, hats off to BYU. Yeah. Yeah. Shots off? I don't know what the hell that was. Hats off to BYU. Yeah. I think it's like chat shit shot i don't know it just all came out it is monday morning it's monday guy. morning dog but no for real though that was a, that was a fun matchup uh i i just i came away really impressed with the playmakers that kansas has on defense i, I think watching that paired with jalen daniels obviously devin Neal, the running back they are a really salty team yeah i'm not so convinced by their defense i still think that byu's offense is trying to come into its own i think that you saw superior talent Oh, yeah. Went out in those matchups where whether it was Kobe Bryant cooking BYU's offense or Chase Roberts and Keaton Slovis connecting down the field like BYU hit a bunch of shots that game shots that Texas should be able to hit at probably the same rate because I'll take yours and his receivers over, over BYU skill positions every day of the week. So that that's what's really key about that matchup to me is like. Can Kobe Bryant have another big game and cause some problems? Can the rest of Kansas's defense really do their job yeah. and limit the explosive plays? That's what's going to be interesting to me. Um, I do think it's, and I don't know that we necessarily have to like choose a side on this uh, for every Big 12 game we look at, but I think it was good for the Big 12 that Kansas won that game. Oh, yeah. I no. think that yeah. BYU is going to be a program that just is consistent. They are who they are. They'll they'll have a good year here. They'll have a bad year here. But under Sataki, I, I'm not too worried about them. I think they'll get acclimated to the Power 5 level and all. Kansas continuing to grow and starting a second season 4-0, for as annoying as they are in basketball, it's great for the conference in football. It really it's is. great for the conference. It really is. I, Ranked Kansas. I, I, that's the thing. It's great for the entire state in general. I, I think when you look at how much, just be it like, in general, when you look at the state of Kansas, obviously it's Kansas, Kansas State. You have Wichita State and all the other ones, but, man, and, and those fan bases enjoy it. They get into it. And to see Kansas, like, finally give back on a football standpoint, it's really great for that state in general. Um Another big game that me and you picked against and we split on was Texas Tech going to West Virginia. Yeah, one we just talked about a team that's four, started 4-0. Now we're going to talk about a team that feels like they started 0-4. I, I know they have the win against Tarleton, but... Th that, that shouldn't... Yeah, that's that's like Baylor's win against Long Island. Like, 
yeah, you should have got that one. But yeah. I mean, this is Win's this a is win. yeah, it's I'm a not win. In that FCS don't count. Uh, <sighs> good lord, school thought. Yeah, but. no, it, it's a it was a win. It was a win nonetheless. But now Texas Tech, man, this is a situation where Tyler Shuck goes down. You hate to see it, man. You hate this to is see a, it. I, I want to be on the record. I do hate to see it. I hate that for him. Yes. Like, also, I think we saw why he won the starting quarterback job. They yeah. just, he was a better of two meh options. Which is so weird. Like, I, I really thought that Baron Morton would develop quicker. He, it, he's got more time. Yeah. He's going, he's going to get to head into this Houston game knowing he's going to be the starter. That usually makes some positive difference. Right. So that'll be an interesting game for us to pick uh, come Wednesday and for y'all watching Thursday. But he still was rather unconvincing. So what? What you, right now, if you're Texas Tech, because I, I, I've we talked about all the hype coming into the season and, and everything, and it's really just kind of been smoke and mirrors, honestly. Um, and it is not a good vibe coming out of Lubbock in general. I, I think Heartland Sports put out a tweet yesterday where they went and get got stuff. Yeah, got, got stuff off of the message boards. And oh boy, it is brutal. It is brutal. Some yeah. of the things being set up in Lubbock, man. And I just, dude, I, I don't know what to make of them right now. Like they, they have some playmakers, uh, Tosh Brooks. I really like him at the running back, but like they have nobody that can stretch the field. Their defense is just blah. Like, and when you look at this schedule, like it's not getting any easier as they go ahead, man, you're going to have Houston. That should be a game that you win. I mean, their next two are their most winnable yeah, games. You have to win after that. Good luck finding a win. But here's the thing, like, as bad as Baylor's looked, I'm probably like I'm there's a like there's a high probability that they I play pick Baylor, Baylor here in Waco in two weeks. And I there, I would I might pick Baylor in that one. We'll see. But after that, dude, like th- those are two games. Those are the only two that you have a chance at winning right now if you're taking Houston. Off after that. Yeah, Houston and Baylor. Then you host K State at home. Granted, you do play better in Lubbock. You you t- Blew it against Oregon. It's Kansas honestly. State. They it's Kansas that game, State, so. though. Then you go to Provo. I don't nope. see you winning that game. Next. Uh, then you have TCU coming to the crib at Jones AT and T. I don't know what to make of TCU. Be an interesting one, but they should still have more talent. TCU should win that one. Then you go more to Kansas. I, you ain't beating Kansas at this point. No. Uh, then you're hosting UCF, who we're going to get into in a second. Uh, I don't know if you're beating them at all. Honestly, like they look if, pretty if good. Plum, if Plumlee's back and but healthy. Then, no. I don't think you're winning that game. No. And then, of course, you finish it off with going to Austin, and we already know the fuel to the fire with the whole Brett Yormark comments and everything going on there, and Texas just looking like a, a playoff team. Uh, I just I don't see a clear road for Texas Tech to even uh, – I, I don't know what the expectations are at, at this point out there because you, you, you gassed it up like you were going to be in the Big 12 championship – you're playing like you're the bottom of the barrel. Like it, it makes no sense. So I'm really interested to see how this unfolds for them. Maybe my preseason thoughts on Tech would have been my pre same as my preseason thoughts on Baylor if I had more distance from Baylor. That's because what, yeah, frankly, that's fair. I'm wondering how I got bamboozled by Baylor, and this is not a Baylor segment. No. Point is, I felt like it was all smoke and mirrors from the start. I felt like. There is no way you're building up from what felt like 
lucky breaks in scheduling to get to an eight and five team last year, yeah. all of a sudden becoming like a 10 win conference title contending team. It just didn't fully make sense to me, especially because the competition was supposed to be tougher. Yeah. Now, some of that competition has crapped the bed. Other of that competition has looked a hell of a lot better than it was supposed to be. Like West Virginia, sh- like they should not have lost that game. If you're anywhere near no, the if you're not the you hype, going yeah. for, like, you shouldn't lose that game. And it was close. Yeah, and the game shouldn't have, shouldn't have been close. Like, I am wondering if did they did they pin all of their hopes and their hype around just our quarterback is going to carry us? Is that what it was? I don't know, man. Because like, I guess like if you look, because at the end when they when when Shuck came back last year. And they went on that little winning streak. They they were like, well, they started making the well, he missed here, and and you start drawing conclusions and what ifs. I, maybe they did. Maybe they mismanaged his talent. Maybe they mismanaged uh, their roster. I mean, we've seen that at a few different places across the country. Um, I I don't know. I, I really don't know if it was just all hinging on him and the play of him, because to me that's that's negligent because he's been so inconsistent and he struggled to stay on the field. So if you did that. Then I, I maybe that's just something you got to face as a program. I know there's a lot of smoke coming out there about the offensive scheme now, and they don't like that. Like it's really starting to unravel, and you throw in the money and got like to me that's that was my biggest problem with a program like Tech is when you're building all this off of essentially oil money, and you have an oil guy running your program, and the the results don't start matching the investment, then things are really going to get. Sketchy as hell, to say the least. And I don't know how that dynamic is going to unfold. That's the one, more so than the product on the field, the chaos off the field is what I'm kind of really focusing on in Lubbock. Yeah, I'm not at that point yet. Maybe it's just because I feel like donors are forever and head coaches are, <laughs> are not. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm not worried about losing the donor. I'm. I'm worried. No, about I'm not who's saying you're gonna lose the donor. Coach, That's I'm not the saying thing. it's even yeah. time to look at that for Joey because it's. It's what your it's your one two. right. Is it two or th- it's your two? Your two? Yeah, yeah. It's Sorry. your two. He was hired away in the middle of Baylor's Big Twelve. Yeah, run. yeah. So it's your two. Now you'd hope to be seeing more steps forward taken instead of steps back, but hey, it's year two. Yeah, we'll we'll like, find out with that one. Yeah, but and go ahead. Anyway, it's just I'm still sitting here looking at like you went out to Milan Pushkar Stadium and lost to a team that still I'm not convinced they have a quarterback. They're great running back who like he's damn good, but mm-hmm. like he didn't put up crazy numbers. No, not at all. Like it just there was nothing convincing to me about the way West Virginia won that. And it still is just that makes it even more damning for me. I think West Virginia was one of those things where it was just about grit, man. Like they they did what they needed to do. It was the most ultimate like blue collar victory you could have. There was nothing pretty about it. It was yeah. just physical. We're gonna run the ball and we're just gonna not make as many, you know, mental lapses or whatever. And they just handled up. So last thing on tech before we we get to uh UCF and Kansas mm-hmm. State, I think. Yeah. Who finishes where do you see them finishing, and who finishes higher oh God. in the Big Twelve? Baylor, Jack. Tech. Uh, I honestly, I think it comes down to that game against each other. It, I, the, the whoever wins that game, I 
Baylor has a game against Cincinnati, which while I'd favor Cincinnati in yeah, that. Yeah, their defense is so good. It um, just, I think Baylor also has Iowa State. I don't know if Tech has that level. Of, like Baylor, Baylor has Tech, Houston, Cincy, and Iowa State all on their schedule. I don't know if if Texas Tech has that many. They don't have that many opportunities to win. Opponents. No, they don't have that many opportunities to win. Honestly, dude, yeah, I think for if, that reason only, I I'd, I'd say I think Baylor might be able to top them by one game in the conference standings. You know, like I, grab a second conference win. I instead of uh, just one, <laughs> I might have to agree with you, you and know, that is fin- weird as hell. <laughs> finish say. maybe twelfth instead of thirteenth in the conference because that's what these teams are looking at. So, yeah, they're definitely they're definitely the bottom of the barrel right now. I think if it's Baylor, Tech, Houston, Oklahoma, State. Oklahoma State, just holding it down that's in it. the cellar. I give Cincinnati, Iowa State a step up on on them. They're definitely a step up. I think BYU is probably in that mix and TCU as well, like that middle of the pack. I mean that that's the debatable we could get into that in another thing but yeah yeah definitely i think the winner of that game between baylor and tech is going to determine ultimately it's just it's insane to think that coming into the season with all the hype around tech they're looming at the bottom like that's just it's it's hard to fathom for me honestly i think it's a lesson to head coaches in in learning how to manage expectations that's a great point because if it, I've said it so many times, but if you make that much hype in the offseason, you have to know you're going to back it up. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it's going to come crashing down on you. Like, maybe high school recruits aren't smart enough. Maybe you show them enough on their visits and, and have real conversations with them enough to counteract some of it. But at the end of the day, there's going to be so much made of that yeah. hype by people in the media like us. Make, well, if you put it out there, it, like, hell, what do you expect us yeah. to do? We'll run with it. Anyway, we have one last game to discuss from the Big 12 slate. I felt like Kansas State and UCF had a lot of nuggets to take away, even given the expected result mm-hmm. that we got. Yeah, I, I thought this was one where we both took Kansas State. I, I, you know, and I knew UCF. I think you did as well. Would push them, give them a hell of a game. And honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised. And if John Rice Plumley was playing. You know, who knows? But at the same time, Will Howard's not healthy. So you can't just say that. I mean, it, you know, both teams went out there. and they, they didn't seem to play call like Will Howard wasn't healthy. That's the thing. Yeah. That was very interesting to me. And it's either great for them because he's healthier than we think and they're willing to play their game and not worry about it. Uh, or it's a hell of a risk that could derail their season. I mean... I. I think it's definitely a risk. I also think it's one of those where it you I guess you could interpret it as maybe you have a lot of faith in Avery Johnson to step up and not necessarily cuz he's definitely not Will Howard, but maybe you just have faith in him to get some wins if Howard can't go, but yeah, I I just feel like you got to be careful when you have your main guy, your the guy who helped lead you to the damn championship last year you got to be careful with him if Johnson's decision making is not too much of a step down from Howard's I feel good because what are the strengths of this team the offensive line running game DJ Giddens who ran for like what 207 yards and four scores yeah like dear lord he also caught damn near 100 yards I'm pretty sure in that game yeah 86 on eight receptions so I feel like 
If your strength is your offensive line and your running game, you've got a quarterback who's clearly a dual threat who helps you keep those schemes or you get the extra block mm-hmm. or you, you get that extra gap because you run those quarterback option type schemes. Um, and you have your safety valve and Senate at tight end. Like the receivers aren't necessarily making plays. They don't, they don't necessarily have to. Have to. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't know how much dropping down from Howard to Johnson changes that game plan. I mean, it honestly possibly makes them stack the box against the run. And again, and Mark Sinnott in different ways where all of a sudden the receivers can start making plays. Now is Avery Johnson able to put the ball in areas for them to, and not turn it over. That might be the question. That's the learning curve, but I'm still feeling good about that run game and that offensive line to be able to grind it out at that point. It's just the defense needs to be able to limit the opponent. Yeah. So that's where my next takeaway comes in. Holy hell, UCF skill talent is fast. It's ridiculous. And it makes me worried for the way Kansas State would match up with Texas. Because Texas has more talented skill position. Maybe not necessarily quite as fast. Like those UCF dudes are burners, but yeah. Texas is close and their guys are clearly better. My, th- my thing with UCF was I was so impressed with their rushing attack. I-, I think when you look at a guy like Johnny Richardson and R.J. Harvey, they are elite. I mean, not a- not elite. I think elite's throwing it out there. They are really damn good. Uh, and they are they're power five they're, level. They're power five level. They're Clearly. disciplined. They make you know good decisions. They're perfect for that scheme. My only concern, I, I think the receivers at UCF could be better. I-, I think, and obviously with the recruiting classes, they're going to get better skill position players to come in, which is scary as hell if you're the Big 12. Um, but to me, where they really need to, to bulk up and what costs them essentially is in the trenches. They yeah. just don't have the bodies there right now. I think they do a serviceable job, honestly, given the circumstances, and they'll hold their own. It's just a matter of they don't have the depth, and when the, the yeah. game wears on, the attrition. They don't have the depth to deal with the top end teams no, in the but Big it's 12 coming. yet. They've got they've got the guys, I think, to handle like their a level majority or of lower. the teams in the Big Twelve. Honestly, I'd, I'd say at least seven. Yeah, at least the bottom seven, and that's teams all you need 12. to do at this point. Um, and we'll definitely see see that put to the test next week against Baylor. Like, if they can just come out and handle their business in the trenches, Baylor doesn't have the team speed anywhere to, no. to catch up with their guys. So it's a matter of, is their backup quarterback making good decisions? Because that's the other thing. I don't want to discount their receivers too much because they're not with their number one guy. They're exactly. not with they're not with the guy who's but, but Timmy McLean's good. I think he did a good he's job. Good. But he's not John Rice Plumley. He's not John Rice Plumley. And like I don't want to have to hold that against him. It's just like that's just nature Plum, of the beast. Plumley, it's the nature of the beast, and Plumley is uh, is up there in terms of the conference quarterbacks. Yeah. Probably top half, seven to five definitely, range, definitely mid seven top. to seven to five range yeah. is probably where I have him. Um, a few let the a few of the other Big Twelve games. We're not going to get really into them. Oklahoma went to Cincy, first Big Twelve game at home for Cincy for sure. Uh, that's one where I think you saw what Cincinnati is. They have a really good defense. They have a really good rushing attack. Emory Jones is just inconsistent. He threw a couple of interceptions in that game, ultimately cost them. The iron skillet, probably the final iron skillet. You took TCU. I took SMU. People need to stop saying final. They're going to play again. They will. I hope. Eventually. I, we I, might be dead I first. Hope, They're going to play again. I hope. It, it needs to. It needs to happen. I, and I think, honestly, they prob- it's more likely now with SMU going to the ACC than Much them just staying. I think that's opinion. really ultimately what that came down to. Hats off to TCU. They were able to get the dub. 
The one that I still am trying to figure out what the hell is happening, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. I don't know how either one of these teams scored as many points as they did. Uh, they I think suck. that just shows how bad – Which is, it, it, I would say how bad the defenses are, but that's Iowa State's strong suit. So yeah. it's weird as hell. It is weird as hell. Don't have much time to get into it. No, but I know. It, it's weird as hell. I'm with you. Yeah, and then Houston taking care of business against Sam Houston. And then, obviously, Texas, what they did to Baylor. No big shock there. Uh uh, yeah, uh, it, it's just one of those weeks for the Big 12 where you see who is who, who's not, and it's just kind of one of those conferences that it's – I think it's better overall than the SEC for sure right now, in my opinion. And it, it, yeah, But I, I wouldn't go that far. It's about on – there's not much difference. The in gap them. is incredibly it's, small. Yeah. And yeah. frankly, it, it's weirdest because I think I'm looking at the two best conferences being – the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Yeah, that, well, Pac-12 definitely. The Big Ten, I'm. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have I'm Ohio not State top to bottom. I'm no, just, I know. I'm looking yeah. at contenders right now. I'm just like, well, you got like three in each of those conferences <laughs> for real. <laughs> so that's more than most other conferences can say right now. Yeah. In fact, that's more than every other conference can say right now. I'll be clear about that. Yes. yes. Anyway. Anyway, you want to make your way over there, and I'll get. I'll make my out. way over there, but I want to hear your your adjusted prediction for the big 12 championship game. Okay. Yeah. All right. So like hindsight 22, looking at 2020, how looking at how everything is unfolding right now. I think we could honestly see a preview of the big 12 championship game this weekend with Kansas headed down to Austin. I think those are the best two teams right now. Obviously Kansas in there. Huh? You're getting Kansas in there. I mean, the way they're playing right now, we'll have to see, but yeah, I think right now it's definitely Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Kansas State, not in any particular order except for Texas sitting at the top. We'll see how all that unfolds, but uh, that's going to do it for the Big 12. We're going to get into another, some of the games that are outside of the Big 12, the AP poll, and the implications of the college football playoff, all coming up next here on the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross, alongside my man Jack McKenzie and you. And once again, we appreciate you tuning in, whether it is live or you go back on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get it. We greatly appreciate it. And make sure you go hit like and subscribe. We appreciate that. You helped get us over 12,000 subscribers. That was our goal. And we want to continue to get the, keep the party rolling, as our buddy J.D. Pakel would say. Oh, man. You, the you, homie who that, really deep cut. kicked this thing off. Yeah, he really kicked off this channel for us. I don't know how many of y'all who are subscribed now know that. But uh, this used to be uh, CFB with J.D. Yep. And th- those are fun days producing for him. <laughs> Luckily, we're on camera now. And, like, I think everyone's everyone's just that one step better yeah. now. And oh, yeah. so it, it's, it's been fun to see. It's been fun. Jack. A lot of big games this also, weekend. Real quick, I want to I want to thank the people for getting us damn near to ten thousand views. We're at nine and a half thousand views on our week four picks video. That is awesome, and we were able to get a Fanatics link in there. So make yes. sure you go and hit the Fanatics link. You see all this awesome memorabilia we have back here. If you want to go in there, your team isn't represented. You want to get us a little mini helmet or something throw in. We'll hook you up, man. Or we'll just, hold you down, or just get yourself something. Get yourself something because it's all good. We get a little share of what you guys buy through that link. And through that, we will just reinvest into this show. Absolutely. We'll just try and make better content for y'all. So we appreciate y'all doing that. Sport's been unreal. And, uh, yeah, just keep doing it. Other big games around the 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 slate of college football this weekend, man. You what, had, do you want, what do you want to start with? I Ohio State-Notre Dame or Florida State-Clemson? Oh, let's – all right. 
let's start Florida State Clemson because this is a game that Florida State to me solidified themselves as I honestly would put Florida State probably one or two. Really? I would because hear me out. They played No, I don't think I will. <laughs> no. They, they played an LSU team who is not near as good as I think they probably thought they would be coming into this season and Florida State exposed the hell out of them and they made them enjoy it while they were beating them in a neutral site. Then you had Jordan Travis get hurt last week in the game against Boston College, who Boston College always gives Florida State hell. And then what do you do? You bounce right back this week. You go into Clemson. And this is a weird matchup where Dabo definitely had been waiting on this one. I think he drew up the perfect defensive scheme to slow Florida State down. Obviously, the injury to Jordan Travis wasn't able to let them the offense flow as it wanted to. But I was really impressed with the play of Cade Klubnick, the Clemson quarterback, yes. because Florida State's defense was on his ass all game long. There was, there, there was this one play at the end. I can't remember. It was like one of their last touchdowns they scored. It was like inside the 12-yard line, and there was a blitz coming off the edge. Uh, a Klubnick got just obliterated yeah. from behind, but he stood, stood in the pocket, made the touchdown throw. So impressed with that cat. But Florida State, man, Holding on, able to get the win in overtime. I think just given the the caliber of victories they have and looking ahead at their schedule, to me right now, I, I personally would put them as my top one or two teams in the nation. See, I, I'm starting to think that their caliber of victory isn't that great. Okay. Like, yes, going into Clemson is tough. Is Clemson what they used to be? No, but I think Clemson is still one of the premier programs in the nation. They're a program who has dominated Florida State over the past few years. They're not top. They're not even ranked in the top twenty-five. I know. No, I know. I know. Like the end all, be all. But like, but I think I'm just that to was play devil's advocate. No, that here, was so. getting over the hump. That's a win that Florida State can't afford to lose. That like yes. they are trying to take this next step. And they damn near did. No, I know. I think they should have done better in that game. Uh, I mean, I think that LSU is. Possibly worse than they were Hell last yeah. year. Oh, yeah. LSU's worse so, than they were last year. So, like, we're sitting here being like, oh, man, the quality of their wins. Like, but who else has played? Who, like, look at the Ohio others. Ohio State already has a higher quality win. Yeah, that one they do. We'll get into that in a second. But, I mean, overall, I think there's a lot of teams. If you look at the top four, like, okay, Michigan and Michigan and, oh, uh, all right, right now, the, the AP anyone. top 25. They haven't played anyone. I know. So, to me, Florida State I just should be wanna, ranked above them just off of that. That just gets down to, to your the way you want to rank. Exactly. This early, I just don't think rankings should be out there this early in the year. I when know do you think they should be, come in? I think you got to play like three conference games first. I think uh, you got to wait till halfway into the year. I see, I think you need them. Like, and I understand. You don't. The only reason you need them before halfway in the year is to market matchups. Yeah, That's but I, I think you also need reason. like a. Yeah, I guess that is true. The to market to give a gauge on the start, team. Yeah, pole inertia is a hell of a thing. <laughs> pole inertia, I love it. No, like, I've that, that's, what that. it, that's what it's called. Pole inertia because it's tougher to get moving from a from a standing start. Yeah, than it is to like start moving down a slope. If if you understand right, what yeah. I'm trying to say yeah. here. Yeah. So you know. If you start outside the top 25, you have to break it. You literally have to break in and climb. If you start at number one, it's going to be tough to fall out of the top 10. Why do you think Bama stayed in the top 10 for yeah. so long before they fell out finally? Like, mm. that's the point is if you start with rankings halfway through the year, 
you're starting with a good idea of what the team actually is for that year. No, that's fair. I just I just think that you also, early on, what, you kind of need a, a gauge point of where people that's are. That's one of the best things the playoff committee rankings has going for it, is that they start late in the year. Yeah. Now, they probably take into account too much other ranking systems. Yes. They probably over overdo it with with brand recognition and such um and frankly pro sec conference bias this year will be very fun to see that (laughs) this year because either they are going to have no cover for their bullshit or they will have to choose a new new conference to favor jesus My, my point getting back to the florida state game though is i'm not thoroughly convinced by their wins mm. I have concerns about their lack of running game against Clemson. Clemson did a great job to get them one dimensional. And part of that could just be great coaching and execution from the Tigers. Um, but I'm also going back to your point on club Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Were you trying to scream with black? It's all good. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, <laughs> going to check on the stream health real quick. One sec. Uh, we should be good. Yeah, we're good. Um, the thing about Klubnik for me in response to your point, you're like, I love seeing him stand in there, take those hits. I'm like, this kid should be seeing those hits coming. I am worried about Klubnik's awareness. That is a big thing. That's a top-level defensive line mm. and top-level pressure package that was brought against him. That was clearly Florida State's game plan was to try and pressure Klubnik out of making good reads and good throws. I'm not worried about his... He stood in there damn well. I'm not Don't worried. Don't get me wrong. I'm not worried about his 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 reads or anything like that. I'm worried about the lack of playmakers he has to get the ball out of his hand too. Cause other than Shipley, they have nothing. They did a good job of dinking and dunking and cause they knew they didn't have the playmakers on the outside to compete with Florida state secondary. I they just threw a couple slants of their receivers flash better than, than they had in a while, but they're still, yeah, but they're not back to what no, not at all. Don't get me wrong. So I, I think that's kind of part of the, cause if I think you could make an argument, honestly on club Nick's development uh, or lack thereof yeah. at Clemson, uh, but at the same time, I also think you got to look at it from the perspective of he just doesn't have the pieces to work with around him like a Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson had in the past. They just, and I think we, that, that's a whole different can of worms when you look at that program, Dabo's philosophy, and everything else. That's that's a bigger fish to fry to get into with that one. Yeah. Uh, go Notre Dame and Ohio State. This is one that. It's really gotten your attention a lot. Um, great win by Ohio State. I mean, should it not? No, it damn sure it should. I mean, Ohio State, I honestly thought there was no doubt to me Sam Hartman was the better quarterback going no. into the game. Uh, not even close. Um, I don't think there's any doubt after. No, ever. No, but at the same time, like, what was your biggest takeaway? What After seeing this Ohio State team, the way they were able to get the win, what, what stood out to you from the Buckeyes perspective? I mean – from a positive Buckeyes perspective, which pains me to take, um, I was very impressed with how they they kept their poise. They didn't they didn't sulk. They they went out there. They did everything they could at every moment of the game to try and win it. They made mistakes here and there. They didn't execute as well as they should have here and there. But it was a defensive struggle, and they found a way to come out on top in the end with a quarterback who was not the best quarterback on the day, which is not something you usually have to say about. An Ohio State no, team. Especially like the past decade. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was very impressed that they found a way to win. Um, I feel like they've got an easier path to the playoff than Notre Dame does now. Yeah. 
Um, I think it might have been a toss-up before, but looking at Notre Dame's next three, at Duke, at Louisville, and USC, like, Louisville clearly should be a win no matter what. But at Duke, no one's overlooking that at Duke game now. Mike Elko is going to scheme something up great on defense to, to try and hold Sam Hartman down. And then you've got the opposite of that in a couple weeks after with USC coming to South Bend where it's probably going like either your defense is going to shut down a Heisman candidate mm-hmm. or it's going to be a track meet. No, and that, you got, you got to be able to score with them. That's a really good point. I, I think we're going to th- really, honestly, this loss for Notre Dame put them in a situation where they have no room for error None. to get their way into the college football playoff. They always have that benefit of the doubt and the schedule helps with that. But heading into the matchup with Duke, I think that's a situation where you can make an argument. I mean, I still think I would give Sam Hartman the edge, but Riley Leonard's a damn good quarterback. I, I think he's one of the most underrated and underappreciated quarterbacks in all of college football. Um, the game with USC, we always know how that's going to go. I just I don't think that, especially with the progression of USC's defense, as slow as it's been, it's still been there, which is, you definitely needed to see that. Um, that's one where, man, I don't know if Notre Dame can hang in a shootout. Like you, cause all your playmakers essentially are freshmen. Yeah. I, I just, and it's great, but I don't know, like, I don't know that they can win like that. I think if you're in a situation of you're Notre Dame, you're probably going to be out. Your season is probably essentially going to be over from a college football playoff perspective in two weeks, two weeks. So you think I, they lose to Duke? I wouldn't be Louisville, surprised. I Louisville. swear I'll pick Duke over Notre Dame. Because that Louisville game is the next one, not yeah. USC. Oh, they'll they'll beat Louisville, but I think they, yeah. they So in three weeks or in one week? In three weeks. Let's let's those, say those after options Yeah. Here. All right, then three weeks. In three weeks. In three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if they make it through those three weeks, the only other real test is Clemson. It's at Clemson though. Yeah, and that's one where And I don't I just, think you're as good as Florida know. State, which to me, means you might lose that game. Yeah, Clemson's defense, I, that, that's one that's weird. I, we'll have to wait till we get there and let that one unfold, but that's another tricky one. And that's the thing. Like, their schedule is so daunting that they once they get through it like that. And uh, I, I, the thing, looking at, like, the schedule for Ohio State, while, you know, Maryland's no slouch, at Purdue can be weird for them. Yeah. But, like, they've got those two, and they should win, and then they head into hosting Penn State, which is the first true, like, Big Ten East kind of elimination matchup. And I'm not talking playoff elimination. I'm talking like Big Ten championship elimination because that's an even lower bar. That's that's like lose one wrong game. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know the if they can beat they, Penn State. They're, they're a true playoff contender right now simply by nature of, and I wish I didn't have to say this, of by, by who they are. They're Ohio State. We should expect them to be in the playoff conversation. They will be in it until they lose two games here's here's all right do you think they should be ranked number four like given just everything you've seen from them body of work other teams around them in the in the rankings right now and i know you you don't like the ap poll if you want to say florida states one or two no i'm just saying to say ohio states four you think so no i'm I'm just i'm there aren't many better wins out there than notre dame that's fair that's fair i just I, i just i feel like and just the eyeball test I think Washington's a better overall team than I know Washington hasn't played anybody. It's gonna, it's all gonna shake itself out. I just don't. think. Washington's probably a tad underrated. Penn State, I'd probably take in the head-to-head right now with Ohio State because I'm not convinced by McCord. But at the same time, if you're going to want to value what teams have actually done as far as just getting results, mm-hmm. 
I honestly don't think there's a better win out there right now than Ohio State over Notre Dame. That's interesting. I just I, I think you can make an argument either way. Um, regardless, Ohio State's number four. We expect them to be in it year in, year out. What's and at the end of the day, dude, huh? What's interesting is that you value the wins of Florida State and you don't want to value the no, wins. No, I'm valued in the win of I'm definitely valuing the win of uh Ohio State crap, over Notre dude. Dame. Huh? I'm giving you crap. I know. But I just dude, I think Florida State's body of work is better than Ohio State's right now. And I think Ohio's there's no way in hell I'd put Ohio State over them. It's going to shake itself out. Yeah, I wouldn't put Ohio State over Florida State, but that's not me using who who they beat or whatnot. I just think they're the better team. Right. Uh, Um, Let's let's jump into that Washington and Pac-12 stuff because we do have to wrap this segment up soon. But um, there's a lot. Where do you? All right. Let's let's start with the Pac-12. Let's start with Dan. Let's start with the polls. Teams seven, eight, nine, and ten are all Pac-12 teams. Good for them. Good for them. I love it. I, I I hope they get two damn teams in the playoff. I would that would make my day. Um, <laughs> two Oregon, teams in the playoffs. I, I would. Well, I, dude, I'm telling you, I hope so. Uh, I know it's unlikely, but uh, it would that would be a great story. Uh, Oregon curb stomp in Colorado. I think unless you are just delusional to reality, um, you saw that one coming. I love Dan Lanning's comments at halftime. It's played on grass, not Hollywood. Uh, you know. I just love it's, how much <laughs> how much fan reaction there's been cuz I mean people most... tried to blast landing for that. Oh my god. Like I remember seeing some comments on a tweet that was like why would you let cameras in the room unless oh. you wanted this to be out there and you just wanted to sh- Dion just do it to his face. I'm like doc there's cameras okay. on Dion when he's going to the bathroom probably. Like I don't that's some bullshit take. Yeah. It it's just that's all really funny to me. I the number one thing I'm thankful to Oregon for is getting all these bandwagoners just a little bit more quiet. Oh, they're going to be extremely humbled over because the next couple of weeks. I wasn't worried about Dion. Dion's going to Dion, and Dion and is I don't good have a problem with Dion. I love Dion. What he's doing, but I mean, not, I, don't, I don't necessarily love every choice. No, there's he makes, there's some pros and cons. But too. overall, I am never going to change my opinion on this. He is good for the sport because it is entertainment based, and oh, dear lord, yeah. is he entertaining! <laughs> oh, yeah, he is. And he's helping a program that would not be where they're at without without him. Right. Like, so point is, I didn't feel like Dion needed to be humbled. Maybe some of his players need to be taken down a, a peg. Uh, maybe some of them had to get that reality check of this is not going to be a walk in the park. I, I but think, the number one reality check that had to happen was for some of these bandwagon fans. I think the, the whole, from a player perspective, the whole lazy BS narrative that Jordan Travis magically would have made up like 30-something points by himself is the most ignorant thing I've seen out there with that. Uh, but you knew it was coming. You, I think everybody should have expected stuff like that to be making its way onto the internet and everywhere else. Uh, Utah, nice win over UCLA. Uh, their defense is ridiculous. The way they're able to continually win games with like third string quarterbacks and missing a lot of their key players Frankly, on both I'm sides surprised of the ball. Baylor put up 13 points on them. I am too. I really am. Uh, but yeah, I, I, holding a Chip Kelly offense to seven points is really remarkable. And look, I know, I know. Chip Kelly ain't what he used to be. I understand that, but still, his offenses can put up some points. Dante Moore, I think, is going to be really good for them at the quarterback position. Huge win for Arizona over Stanford, 21-20. Why the hell are you talking about I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. I'm going down. Why do you waste time on that crap? Wazoo. Oregon State, 
best game of the weekend, hands down in my opinion. Wazoo gets the dub. Uh, Cam Ward's phenomenal. He is so fun. I put I picked Oregon State because of their defense. Yeah, and he here. just I mean they torched him. He torched him. Like, that, I'm surprised it was as close at the end because Oregon Oregon State was behind by like two touchdowns yes. or more for damn near the whole game. Yes, like. Couldn't watch it because I was working another game, sadly, at the time, which was a hell of a lot less interesting. Um, but just Cam Ward, man. Like, I don't know what else to say. He's the truth, man. He just he's, went out there and balled. He, he's, uh, I think he's one of those unique players in college football that it might not translate later on. You know, he might not have the best NFL career. We don't know. He could. He could go out and be the damn – you know, the best quarterback ever. But at the same time, I think realistically, he is great for college football. And yeah. if the more Cam Wards you have in the game, the better. Oregon State playoff hopes are done. I'm just going to go out there and oh, say yeah. they've got too much competition in the Pac-12. They'll drop another. Washington State's going to make the Apple Cup interesting as hell this year. I don't care what their record is when they go into be it. absurd. Because they will have a chance to knock Washington out of the playoff, most likely, in the Apple Cup. And I'm here to see it. Um, that, that, that's going to be so fun, man. Beyond that, um, kind of just looking ahead, like you got to feel for both of these schools. I think that game was like really well attended. The crowd was 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 feeling it, and like it was college football is what it should be. Yes. And now we're looking at those two schools not being a part of top level college football anymore. Yeah, and we will get into that and kind of like the future of where they're heading in the next segment. Looking at before we do that, I want to look at some of these week five matchups. Uh, there's a great graphic by On Three that lists a few of them. Uh, when which one of these stick out to you the most? You have number twenty four Kansas headed to Austin, number three Longhorns. Uh, you got Utah and Oregon State, uh, Notre Dame and Duke. Obviously LSU, Ole Miss. Are there it, USC is going to do their thing against Colorado. Are there any games on there that you're that jump out to you next week that you're just looking at like, damn, I got to check that out? Um, well, one, I think we're getting a treat on Friday night. I think that oh, Utah yes. and Oregon State yes. is, is a game that people should want to watch. Um, I think it'll tell us a lot about just exactly how the Pac-12 is going to shake out. Right. Uh, can Oregon State bounce back? And does Cam Rising play? Like, it, the longer Cam Rising's out, at this point, it starts to be like, okay, yeah. How was there even talk of him starting? I honestly thought they were. The I thought they were saving him for the UCLA game, but Me unfortunately, I, I yeah, I don't know what's going on there, and that's kind of concerning if you're a Utah fan. Saturday comes down to probably one of two games for me. It's either that Kansas Texas game at two thirty, oh, yeah. or Notre Dame and Duke. ABC is a hell. Of a doubleheader, hell of a doubleheader on Saturday. Yeah, they're not not are to discount like LSU, Ole Miss. Nah, that game. But <sighs> like, I, I think I think the money is is that doubleheader. Um, I'm probably taking Notre Dame Duke as just the more intriguing matchup. I think there are higher stakes. I think that there's a chance Kansas just gets not blown out, but just handled. I don't Austin. I, I think this is a game where we're going to see a, an absolute shootout between Kansas and. Texas, honestly, I, I think at the end, and then Texas, I think Texas pulls away in the fourth quarter. I, I think be. we're going to see three quarters of just absurd college football that you're looking back like, what the hell just happened? I won't get to watch it, but sounds cool. Yeah, 
And then Duke and Notre Dame, obviously, I think that's going to be a fun matchup. Uh, you have two of the top quarterbacks in the nation, and Notre Dame's season really on the line there. Uh, LSU, Ole Miss, I don't even know with that one. I think Ole Miss probably has an opportunity to beat them. If they can get their offense going, they look like straight ass against Bama, though. Uh, but we will see. But, yeah, coming up next, we're going to look into the future of Oregon State, Washington State, the Mountain West, some relegation possibilities. Ross Dellinger put out a great article last week on yahoosports.com that wanted to get into. We're going to do that next here on the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you. And we're going to dive into a little unique approach to navigating the ever-changing landscape of college athletics with the Super League on the horizon, which is kind of weird when you look at the Big Ten and the SEC now, and they're about average and parity is kind of everywhere, thanks to multiple facets that have embraced the college athletics landscape. Imagine if realignment and um, the transfer portal and NIL, if transfer portal and the NIL had like, been five years earlier than realignment. I don't know if we get realignment. There's no way in hell we get realignment. I think we have some of the most remarkable <laughs> it, football being played, plus a 12 team. Yeah, that would have been that would have been remarkable to see. But hey, you kind of you 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 slow played that if you're the NCAA, just like everything else, and you put yourself in this position and the leadership of the Pac-12 and let it dissolve. And now you're left with two of the better football programs in the Pac-12 being left for dead uh the mountain west obviously is looking at ways to help um merge per se with the pack two of oregon state and washington state you're a big soccer fan jack um there's the conversation out now about the possibility of going to a relegation format uh i i think this quote right here really stood out to me from a mountain west administrator and i'm glad somebody finally freaking acknowledged this said it's about time we admit college football is an entertainment product and we need to act accordingly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's great. I, I love that idea. So relegation is one of those things that has been brought up with college football in the past. Um, as somebody who has a better understanding of it and how it works, do you see this being able to work in college football? And if so, do you see this where other – could it help us get back to regionality and help alleviate the stress that's been put on non-football sports. Well, we've got about five minutes to do this, so here's the quick of it. Uh, Promotion relegation, because it's not just relegation. Promotion relegation, you've got multiple tiers. Usually it's the bottom two from the top, from, from the higher tier go down, and the top two from the lower tier go up. That is, relegation is the top tier going down, promotion is the bottom tier going up. Um... Everything has to center around it being identified as entertainment. Yes. There's no way that this will get implemented in American football at any level if it's not identified as entertainment. Because the pros are that it's, one, entertaining and new to this market. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that any soccer fan of European soccer is very well acquainted, acquainted with, and it works over there. There are reasons why it works over there that it might not work over here, and I'll get into those soon. Um, number one reason why it might be a a good thing is that it creates more winners. You, you go from having these big conferences where winning your division just doesn't feel like crap. It doesn't right, feel yeah. like anything. Um, 
and all of a sudden you're winning your tier and that's an actual championship that is you are getting a trophy you like in england they they give parades when when you win your tier like it is a big deal it it is something to celebrate it creates more winners and it it breeds growing fan bases right. in my mind um it also gives you the opportunity to hope that not only could you win this year because you're never really going to be that far off from what your competition level is it's that you also have the hope of growing as a program mm. to be able to win at the top tier someday. There's that hope because it's an open system. You you can go throughout the whole system. It's just a matter of can you find the, the pieces to succeed. Right. Now, cons, I don't know if it's compatible with college football. I don't know if it's compatible with a system where the head coach is also the GM, where... Uh, someone in charge the person in charge of player management is as mobile as any of the players as far as changing schools or getting fired um and then for the players there's something to be said about you only have four or five years of these guys and only actual four playing years of these guys where like you just you don't have you can't build around a central piece where like this guy's going to take us to the top because it's going to be so hard to go to jump tiers in consecutive years mm-hmm. that's just kind of unheard of because the transfer portal can help with this where guys might want to try and stay in their tier if you know what i'm saying yeah um but like transfer out of a relegated school to a promoted school or to a school that stayed in their division in their tier it's it, it, it it's just not having guys who can spend more than four years right. in this, it, it really creates interest. It's interesting. It could be entertaining, but I don't know how well it, it vibes with all of that. Not to mention the budgets of everything, because the lower your tier, the lower money, and the fact that you cannot budget consistently knowing this is something Ross Dellinger brought up in his article. Yeah. But athletic departments not being able to, to po- properly budget because they don't know if their team is going to win enough games to right. stay in their tier to get the same amount of money. That's... Oh. My, one th- one of the biggest things that I could was stood out to me was how do you determine which teams initially get thrown over into the pack right because if, if for the the pack two you got to have what is it seven teams I think to qualify for the college football playoff if they're able to keep the things and keep the pack holding on I think the idea would be two eight team divisions right um, and so at that point I think you're to get to sixteen. You would have what two new members between the two in the Pac-12 and the yeah. 12 in the Mountain West. Yeah. So you'd have to add two. They would automatically be brought into the lower tier. I think that would have to be your understanding. Okay. Or Oregon State and Washington State would, and Dellinger pretty much yeah. outlines this. Yeah. Oregon State and Washington State would have to be accepted as in the top tier, and then it's splitting the 12 of the Mountain West, which I think personally I'd say you'd have to go off the last decade or possibly two decades of performance and like look at their win right. percentages. Um, because otherwise it just doesn't really seem fair because they're still as a whole university and an athletic department that has to, to properly run their programs right. uh, instead of just judging off like this last year and this one coach. But there are merits to that as well because you got to take a program for where they're at. I love it. I just think it's a unique take on realizing the situation of that you've been left in by the NCAA and your fellow peers. Uh, if you're packed, the Pac-2 and the Mountain West. I think if you look at programs like Boise, who is really kind of you can has kind of pushed its way, uh, really opened the door for all of these teams who are in conferences now, and then they've just been left isolated. It's so weird how that's happened. 
But you, I think it, it would be good for give, to give them a legitimate shot. If you look at Wyoming this year, they're a team that I think could compete, blah, blah, blah. So I, it's going to be interesting to see how many teams in the Mount West could actually make this work and how many are just not ready. I don't think it's going to happen for the number one reason being the budgeting. Right. But I think it's very interesting, especially if they can keep the A5 status of the Pac-12 as That's like important. our highest yes. tier is autonomy. Um, that would be very incredible and be awesome to be able to see relegation directly implemented into the 12-team college football playoff where they might possibly get an automatic berth for the champion of the of the top Right. tier of that promotion relegation system that would be incredible i still have huge concerns about how it meshes with college football and just the roster building of it all not like the money is the number one concern mm-hmm. either way i think it's an amazing idea that i hope to see implemented because i think the entertainment value is incredible i think it buoys lower leagues i think every lower league should look at becoming a part of yes the system they you can only truly, I think, have one system. So the regionality of it, if it expands through the group of five into one group of five system, yeah. would be very interesting. I don't know if they could cope. I don't know if they can cope with the budget stuff. But I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea, and I think it's entertaining as hell. And frankly, I think that it would be stupid for them not to try. Right. I agree. I agree. I just don't I don't know if it's a tenable model. Anyway, I've got to get over to yeah. Dave Aranda's press conference to see how that goes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. You you're Jack's gonna go have fun with that one. Um, but no, thanks for listening. Whenever you do, we greatly appreciate it. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, uh, go check us out on YouTube if you weren't able to catch it live or Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but thanks for listening. This has been the College Chaos Podcast. <laughs>